We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> Todd would make like a good manager or something. <laughs> Todd roll. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Alright, yes, it is me, Todd, the 206 Geek, and I am the host. And uh, this is episode 77, and uh, this is what, like, one week into the coronavirus thing happening here in Washington State. Um... And there's a few things I wanted to talk about. I have some things pulled up on my on my computer. And uh let's see here. Actually while I'm I have that here, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and pull up the Washington Washington State has a that was a website for what's going on with the uh coronavirus as far as the information of what you need to do is and like the number of people that are sick and Number of deaths. Let's see here. The Washington State. There we go. Loading. Loading. Let's see what it says now. I mean, the last time I looked, there was. There's a lot of lot of infected people in in uh, King County, which is where Seattle is. I'm gonna look and see what it's. It was like 600 people, I think. Let's see. While I'm waiting for it to load, there we go. I think. Scrolling down to. Oh my goodness. Okay, so. As as of it was updated. Today, at 3 p.m., so like an hour and 39 minutes ago, uh, it's the num- number of positive confirmed cases. Uh, the numbers are increasing all across the, the, the state. It's listing by county. Um, King County, which is where Seattle is, is uh, 10,000, oh, excuse me, 1,040 and 75 confirmed deaths. That's sad. It really is. Um, it really sucks. Wow. Um, where I'm at is in Kitsap County. There's 18 confirmed uh, infected, but no deaths. So that's good. It's the benefit of being out in the sticks, I guess. Um, Snohomish County is the... Uh, the next largest, as far as the inf- infected, it's 480 cases and 10 deaths. And then we have, uh, it's like Pierce County, which is where Tacoma is, has 107 infected and one death. Wow. It's a total, 
number of infected all across the state. I'm not going to read them all, but uh, all the different counties anyway. But total across the state is uh, 1,996 people infected and 95 deaths. Um, number of individuals tested. Um, I'm not sure. How, okay. The number of people tested negative is 28,879. That's like 94%. And then... The number of the number of people who tested positive is one thousand nine hundred ninety six. That's six percent. This is this is this this website this link that I'm talking about this stuff I'm reading off of. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and add that to the the show notes so you guys can check it out for yourself um, if you're curious or and or live in this in uh, this state. In the in the U.S. and uh, okay, uh, confirmed cases, death by age. Um, wow. Okay. Seventeen percent of infected are between ages of fifty and fifty nine. Six percent of of are of deaths. Not sure how that math works out, but that's what it says. Um As far as the confirmed cases, death by gender, 54% of deaths is female, 44% is male, and 2% is unknown. Like I said, I'm going to put that link in the show notes so you guys can check it out for yourself if you're curious. All right, so on to more positive things, hopefully. Um, The first thing I have pulled up here is uh, from comicbook.com. The Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman finally explains how the zombie apocalypse began. Well, you know, that's great because we we might be finding that out for ourselves here. (laughs) I joked the other day about, uh, you know, this being the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. and someone looked at me like, dude, <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was I'm trying to make light of a, of a stressful situation. That's kind of what I do when I'm kind of freaking out over something is I try to lighten the mood, trying to, you know, I know it's a serious thing. And people, a lot of people think you don't joke about serious things. It's like, well, if it allows me to process um, what's going on without like completely losing my shit. I'm going to do that. So if you're offended, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because this is how I'm dealing with it. You know, you can deal with it how you deal with it. That's fine. But I I use humor to kind of, you know, deal with, you know, situations that are kind of freaking me out. 
All right, so this is what the article says. While The Walking Dead has gone on on for for over a decade now, showing many adventures of Rick Grimes and, and fellow survivors as they navigate the zombie apocalypse, the TV show and comic book have yet to explain just how and why the outbreak occurred. The first season of the show teased that the CDC didn't know uh, how the virus spread or why the dead were coming back to life. Though the actual reason has never been revealed until now, The Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman has finally come clean about the reason for the virus spreading through it, uh, though it might be something that fans don't ex- didn't expect. All right. Get to it. Space Spore, Kirkman wrote on Twitter when asked to name what created the the Walkers. Kirkman responded. Kirkman's response is likely another homage to George A. A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, where scientists speculate the rise of the flesh-eating ghouls was caused by radiation from an outer from a, a space probe to Venus. Well, there you go. Before their book became The Walking Dead, Kirkman and the original series artist Tony Moore pitched a 1960s set uh, constitution continuation, excuse me, God, uh, maybe I need to update my prescription for my glasses. 1960s set continuation of the Night of the Living Dead, uh, uh, another tie to the extraterrestrial. Uh, when pitched The Walking Dead to Image Comics executives, Kirkman had to lie by claiming the, the apocalypse was caused by space aliens using zombies to awaken the world's infrastructure before invading. Okay. And there's a lot, there's a, there's a bit more here. I'm not going to read all of this, but like I said before, everything I'm talking about today will be posted in show notes and, um, and, and shared on, on, uh, on Facebook. And, uh, if you want to see the show notes, um, go to, go to the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash 206geek and over on the right-hand column, or excuse me, left-hand column. Get my rights and lefts mixed up sometimes, I guess. On the left-hand column where it says notes, you should see the uh, the show notes in there for for episodes. I've only been doing that for the past few episodes. The past, I think, five or six episodes I've started doing that. Because it was... It was I figured it was easier and, and less annoying for people who follow the, the Facebook page for me to post one thing versus, you know, 15 or 30 things that I've been talking about on the episodes. <laughs> so, on to the next topic here, which is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, it says here, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Finn Wolfhard says it's faithful to, to the original. Well, of course, because it's it's gonna have you know surviving cast members on in the movie, right? Well, I mean, the last movie did too, but in this one, they're gonna be playing the original parts. 
So I'm excited to see this movie. I hope I hope all this nonsense well, I shouldn't say nonsense. All this all this uh scary shit that's happening right now is is done by the time this movie comes out. Or at the very least, if it's still going on, I'm hoping that um Sony will release it as a uh, digital release and I'll I'll flat out buy the movie because there's no question I want to see it. Alright. It says here, excuse me, I apologize. You probably heard all that. Um and if you didn't, it was just my body making noises. And I th- yeah. Kind of kept my mouth shut, but I think it still made noise. <laughs> Either way, Ghostbusters Afterlife is releasing in this June. And there is a certain buzz in the air that the since the trailer was released a couple of months ago, the buzz is uh, mostly positive. But there are some naysayers that think it looks like Stranger Things with Ecto-1 in it. Really? It doesn't really help that uh, Stranger Things star Finn Wolfhard is one of the stars of the film. In a recent interview with NME, he assured the fans that the original classic is very special to everyone involved and that they will be faithful to the spirit of the original Ghostbusters. I had no doubt with that. I can't believe people think that, you know, this is just going to be Stranger Things with Ecto-1. That's crazy to me. I don't understand why they even think that. I mean, I can see how. I just don't understand why. (laughs) Oh, man. When I was really young, my parents were really big fans of the original Ghostbusters movie, so I grew up watching watching them. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Rick Moranis, all of those were big, big people in our house. So getting to be a part of that legacy now is very flattering. Older Ghostbusters fans will find that it's really, really, really faithful, um, faith, uh, a, a really a really, really faithful approach to the series. While young people, if not everyone, will find that first and foremost, Ghostbusters is about family and the relationships that uh, these people have made. He explained, it's also really funny. I'm really excited for people to see it. Right on, man. I, I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. I cannot wait. All right. Let's see here. The boys showrunner reveals new look for new look at Butcher and Homelander for season two. And we'll see. We'll have, I'm sure. Photos here. All right, the photos are showing here. Hmm. All right, let's see. What does it say here? All these advertisements. All right. Work on on most Hollywood productions has shut down in response to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Shows like Amazon's The Boys, however, have wrapped principal photography and are now in post-production, meaning people like the boys, showrunner Eric Kripke, 
can continue work on the series remotely as uh, Kripke helps those from afar in the editing room continue cutting down show in in preparation for its debut later this year the screenwriter uploaded a few never before seen stills from the series to his personal twitter account Sunday afternoon so this must have just happened <laughs> and then it goes, quote, raging case of apocalypse anxiety? Chris, 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 God, I can't, I'm having trouble talking today for some reason. Not good if I'm trying to do a podcast. Kripke asks his followers, there's, there's a cure. Watch the boys TV, hashtag the boys TV on at prime video. See the show, re, shows, see the show's reviews called, call blasphemous and a sick work of perversion <laughs> wow dude yeah he's really proud of that apparently <laughs> and he adds and i'm hard at work remotely on hashtag season two here's a few shots as you might expect neither of the shots is too revealing they're simple head sh- head-on shots of both Homelander Anthony Starr and Billy Butcher Carl Urban. All right. Yeah, it doesn't really look like new photos to me. It looks like they're screenshots from like season one, but I don't really know. I'm not seeing any difference between the two. And there's a little bit more here. But I'm going to go ahead, like I said, like I usually say, I'm not reading all of this. You can check out the rest of it yourself if you'd like. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, which will be on Facebook and in on the show notes. Actually, you know what? Um, I have What I've been doing as far as show notes on the podcast is I've been putting a link to where you can find them because, uh, you know... Maybe it's just me being lazy, but I'm thinking that I'm I'm wanting people to go to the Facebook page. That's that was the original reason behind doing that. Um, I'm putting all the show notes on Facebook for the individual episodes, and I've only been doing that for, I think like maybe the last half dozen or so episodes that I've started doing that. All right, and the next story we have here is the 2020 World Video Game Hall of Fame finalist announced. Uh, Let's see here. Here we go. The 2020 World Video Game Hall of Fame finalists have been officially announced. 12 video games have made the cut to the final round with likely less than half making it as inductees. After voting concludes in the near future, the World Video Game Hall of Fame, uh, if you're not familiar, is a part of this strong museum of play. And and has been inducting uh, various video games since 2015. Previous inductees include the likes of Doom, Tetris, and Oregon Trail, the Oregon Trail. Okay, specifically the strong 
the Strong announced that the following video games are finalists in for potential induction into the World Video Game Hall of Fame, with winners set to be announced at a later t- date. Bejeweled, Centipede, Frogger, GoldenEye 007, Guitar Hero, King's Quest, Minecraft, NBA Jam, Nokia Snake, <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Melee, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, and uh, and where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Over the past couple of years, only four video games have been inducted each year. So if history is any indication, there are some tough choices ahead. Yeah, those are all great games. I don't know if I've played them all, but I'm aware of every single version, every single one of those games. It's it's funny because the photo that comes with this shows like all the games. And uh, there there is uh everything from like old old LCD games from like the eighties. Like the Frogger game was basically uh a small handheld arcade <laughs> and then there's uh I think King's Quest is a, a an Atari game. And of course, the Nokia Snake game that just shows a picture of an old Nokia phone right there. <laughs> that is awesome. And you know, I'm not at all surprised that Guitar Hero is on there because that game was insanely popular. I that's a game that I never really played because my finger dexterity for stuff like that is terrible. I wouldn't be able to play it. I have uh, I have mild cerebral palsy that affects my left hand, so for me to be able to, to, to do what you need to be able to do on that game using both hands is next to impossible. So And I, I think I think that uh if they've if they're only gonna induct like four or five, I think Minecraft is definitely gonna be on that list. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I think that's, that's a great list of, of, I I don't envy the people who have to choose. I really don't. I mean, mean, think about that for a second. All, All the games that I mentioned are insanely popular. Like there's, you have to. They're they're gonna have to whittle it down to like I think they said four or five. That's crazy. And Goldeneye, Goldeneye was probably the the uh, most popular first person shooter on console ever. Because um, Doom and Quake weren't really on a console; they were PC games. And those, I mean, those games were insanely popular back in the day. God. I'm not at all surprised that Doom is on that on on the 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 video game Hall of Fame. That's crazy though. That they have to like they have to whittle down that group of 12 games. All right, the next story we have here. Stargirl synopsis teases the debut of Justice Society. Well, 
the debut, really. I mean, we've seen the Justice Society twice in the last 10 years, I think. There was, uh, I want to say, you know what? I think it was in the last five years because um, it was all on, uh, on. Uh, uh, of course, my brain is now letting me forget what I was going to say. Um uh, Legends of Tomorrow. There was in season one, and I think season two, there was some interaction with the Justice Society, which had like Hawkman and the original Green Lantern and a bunch of others that I don't recall. And that was when we first met Stargirl was on on the on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And and if you go back even farther, the Justice Society made an appearance on the later seasons of Smallville. So, I'm not surprised they're going to bring those guys back. And hopefully they will be a mainstay. They will stay throughout the series. It would be cool to see. And, and as much as I would love to see um, Green Lantern be a live-action superhero on television, I don't know if we're going to see that. I would love to see that, though. I think that would be amazing. But this is what it says here. Stargirl is set to hit both DC Universe and the CW this May. And as we get closer to the show's much-anticipated debut, the new episode synopsis for each for the first three episodes of, of the series are giving fans their best idea yet of what is to be expected from uh, Courtney Whitmore's adventures as the newly uh, minted superhero, including a tease of the debut of the Justice Society as well as Courtney's first in uh, first run in in the Courtney's first run-in with the villainous Injustice Society of America. Injustice Society of America. Wow. So I'm assuming the Injustice Society is like the 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 predecessor of the Legion of Doom. Stargirl will will follow Courtney, a high school sophomore as she moves to to Blue Valley, Nebraska, after her mother marries uh, Pat Dugan and inspires an unlikely group of young heroes to stop the villains of the past. The series will take inspiration from the Stars and Stripes comic, and according to Stargirl's co-creator and executive producer Jeff Johns, will also have a tone similar to that of Spider-Man, Homecoming, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think this show is going to be pretty good then. I mean, there's... If... If it... If this show becomes as popular as both those other properties, I think this will do well. Um, I'll check it out. I'm... I'm not too I'm not I'm not a fan of the the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. I like the movie. I don't know why I didn't like the series, but I think 
Well, I think what it what it was was the fact that they had different actors playing the parts, and they changed a few things. Um, I don't know. There was maybe I should go back and rewatch. It's been a long time since I the last time I watched it was when I was dating. Um, I was dating a, a woman who was really into it back in like 2006. And uh, I I remember it was she was uh, she she was sick and she was staying home from work, and uh, while she was sick, she was laying in bed watching Buffy, and she wanted me to watch with her, even though I told her I wasn't interested in watching the show. I re- I uh, I think you are fine. I'll watch it with you, and I think she I think she wanted me to 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 start to like it. And I, and I, I, I was able to tolerate it. I still didn't like it, <laughs> but because my girlfriend at the time was into it, I was watching it with her. Because you know, significant others should do things like that, right? Excuse me, bumped mic. Um, just checking my phone had a notification. I want to see what it was. It says here. It's cool. It's going to take the Stars and Stripes comic, the Justice Society comic, and merge it into one thing. Executive producer and Stargirl co-creator Jeff Johns revealed in an interview last year and and tonally... Okay, we already mentioned that. Why are we talking... Okay. Okay. We're bringing a lot of legacy stuff into it. A lot of stuff from James Robinson that James Robinson did with the Justice Society. I love that. All of that. Uh, his JSA Golden Age series, launching the 1999 series JSA. I've always wanted to do a series based on Stars and Stripes. So it was really exciting. Well, that's cool, man. I don't know. I, like I said, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to watch the first episode. Um, and see if it like if it grabs me or not. I mean, we'll find out, I guess. That's only just a few weeks away. All right. Well, now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And if nothing plays, it's probably a regional thing. I don't really know how, why that happens, but sometimes when I'm listening back through the apps, um, I'll say now time for our sponsor, and we're back. That kind of thing happens. Um, just know that it's probably a original thing, or maybe it, I maybe it didn't. Uh, the the ad didn't propagate when I downloaded it yet. So I don't know if if it if it ends up not being there. Know that that I do put uh, anchor ads on the podcast because it helps it helps out. So, anyways, here's the uh, sponsor. 
hey, you want to help support the podcast? Of course you do. And the easiest way to do that, there's a couple different ways, actually. One way is you can go to the website, 206geek.com, and click the Rate Us Now button, and then, and then it will give you several choices as to places to where you can rate and review the podcast. One of them, which is Apple Podcast. The other one is podchaser.com. And I believe the third one, if you're on a PC, will show up as Stitcher. Now, if you are on an Apple device or on a PC uh, that has iTunes, do all three. Give me a rating and a review. The more people that do this, the more people that will be able to see my podcast and the more the podcast will grow. So if you have to, and I've heard other people say this on their podcast, if you if you're like visiting friends and family, hey, can I see your phone for a second? And then like subscribe them to my podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's actually kind of funny. Um, subscribe your friends to my podcast, especially if you think they'll they'll find it amusing and or entertaining. That would be great. Plus, doing the the rating and reviewing helps too. So please go to teosisgeek.com, click the rate us now button, and then select one of the places where you can rate and review and do that, please. It doesn't take much time. Thank you. This is all I can say about that. The other way you can help support the podcast is the host I use, Anchor.fm. It has a functionality where people can click the support button on the podcast, and it gives them three choices for supporting the podcast. 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, and 9.99 a month. And for every person who subscribes to that, will get a shout out from me on the podcast. And if you are one of the people that does the 9.99 a month, I'll also give you an option to be a guest on the podcast. We'll just hang out and uh, chat about whatever in the in the geek world, or actually whatever you want to talk about. Really, I can talk about just about anything. So just to recap: there's a couple of different ways we can we can support the podcast. One is doing the rate us now on the website 206geek.com, and then the other way is to go to support.206geek.com. Once you go to that, click the support link, and then follow the the choices there. That's great. That's all you need to do to support the podcast. And we're back. Okay, so the next story on the list of things to talk about. How will Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano factor into the Mandalorian Season 2? That's a good question. In case you didn't hear, it was announced, I think just a couple days ago actually, that Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka Tano on season two of The Mandalorian, and the internet like shat itself. <laughs> oh my god, this is great! People are freaking out, and I, you know what? I'm excited too because I like her as an actor. She's she's fantastic and everything I've seen her in, and um, of course I've only seen her in like four or five things. I think the earliest thing I've saw her in was Men in Black Two, and then I think. Um, Grindhouse was the next one I saw her in. And then Jane Salabob 2. No, no, Clerks 2. And then, then of course she was in like the, the Netflix Marvel shows. And then most recent thing I saw her in was Jane Salabob reboot. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. This is this is gonna be great. I, I'm I'm excited to see this. Hopefully, this doesn't get postponed. You know, too too far out. I mean, as everything stands right now, everything that a lot of things anyway. I, I wouldn't say everything. A lot of things that people are excited to see 
are being postponed because of of social distancing. You know, the thing the things we as as at least a lot of us anyway. I don't say all of us nerds, but the average nerd I think is kind of. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't want to say antisocial because that has like a negative connotation. But we we enjoy our solitude. So this is this is relatively easy for us because we a lot of times we don't want to be around people anyways. So this has been easier for me, easier than I thought it would be, because I'm this is I'm already kind of doing that. I live out in I, I live out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and uh, not having to go visit people uh like doctor's appointments and whatnot has been actually kind of nice <laughs> like i really don't want to leave the house in fact the only time i really leave the house anymore is like when i need to go get supplies so okay yeah this is this is what it says here oops i'm dropping my phone Drop the phone, pick it back up. All right, so this is what it says here on Heroic Hollywood. Given the recent reports of Rosario Dawson bringing Ahsoka Tano to life in The Mandalorian, what kind of role will she play in the upcoming season? That's a good question. Okay. It was reported a few months ago that The Mandalorian Season 2 is expected to feature some familiar Skywalker Saga characters, a trend um, many-day Filoni Star Wars shows tend to follow. Last week, it was revealed that Ahsoka Tano will be one familiar character who will be playing a role in the upcoming season, with Rosario Dawson bringing her to life. That is so awesome. Ahsoka Tano has become a fan favorite character who has appeared in both Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. <clears throat> now she will make the jump to live action, and there has been a lot of speculation on what kind of role she will play. Besides her voice appearance in The Rise of Skywalker last time we saw Ahsoka Tano in the timeline was at the end of Star Wars Rebels, where she is seen in a white cloak preparing for an adventure to find Ezra Bridger with Sabine Wren. Gosh, I hope that means we're going to see Ezra in Sabine. Oh, wow, that'd be awesome. A live-action Sabine? <laughs> um, she's one of my favorite characters on that show. Um, nothing weird. I just like the character. Anyways, <laughs> since we know Ahsoka Tano and Sabine Wren were, are both active post-Return of the Jedi, uh, perhaps they meet up with Din uh, Jaren and the Child, who are also in search of, the for of a Force wielder. Many have also been quick to point out that Ahsoka Tano could be the one to train the Child. Oh, that would be so awesome. And the fact here, <clears throat> this is not on the article, but this, this is something I was just thinking. We, at the, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen, um, the show, 
Spoiler alert. All right. So at the end of the season, I'm going to give you another chance to pause. If you haven't watched it, go watch it now and then come back. (laughs) But uh, at the end of the season one, we, we find out that an Imperial First Order guy, I can't remember his name, has the dark saber, which is, I think that was Sabine's lightsaber, wasn't it? In uh, Rebels, she was the wow. I hope, I really hope, I really, 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 really hope. Not only are we gonna get um, Ahsoka, we're gonna get Sabine. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, there's his name right there, Moff Gideon. That's the guy who had the dark saber. Moff Gideon actor, uh, oh, God damn it. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Let me, let me, um, let me, uh, see if I can get Google to help me out here with this. How do you pronounce it? That is pronunciation. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, it's a YouTube video. This is how you pronounce this word. Let's see. That's great. Chicago? Okay. I don't know if you have it right or not. Chicago? Okay. Giacarlo Esposito. Moff Gideon actor Giancarlo Esposito has been teased recently that there will be a lot of dark saber action in season two. He must be referring to the showdown between Moff Gideon and Ahsoka Tano. The upcoming Star Wars Clone Wars Siege of Mandalore arc may also be planted the seed for what could occur in the next season of The Mandalorian because it's something Moff Gideon references in the final in season one finale. Okay. It's also worth noting that Rosario Dawson's casting has been reported by Deadline as a guest role. If this is true, I'm not expecting to see much of her. The Mandalorian first season was very uh, serialized and it And it wouldn't surprise me if she's in only one, maybe two episodes next season. Based on recent reports, it also sounds like Ahsoka Tano's appearance in The Mandalorian might be setting up a spin-off series of her own with Rosario Dawson. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh. That would be awesome. I would love to see that. All right. Next story. Oh man. I've been getting a lot of stories today from uh, comicbook.com. Uh, they're great. 
a great source of information if you're into most geeky things, um, whether it be comic books itself, TV shows, movies, you know, whatever, video games, all of that stuff. I I, I read I read their stories. I more than anything else, I think when I when I pull from uh, when I pull from my uh, my feedly list. I think it's because they post a lot. They post more stuff than other other people that are on my feedly list. So this is what this article is: is Star Trek is Brent Spiner secretly playing lore in Picard finale? Um. Wow. I haven't watched it yet. So <laughs> I'm gonna probably watch it after I'm done recording here. I don't think I watched it. Today's Sunday. Did I watch it? I don't think I did. I need to go and 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 find out if I've seen that episode or not. Anyway, this is what it says: the ninth episode of Star Trek Picard, it in Arcadia Ego Part One. God, that was. Is it it or et? Et in a et in Arcadia Ego Part One. <laughs> Featured a surprise return of Star Trek The Next Generation star Brent Spiner. Spiner appeared earlier in the season as his Next Generation character, Commander Data, in Jean-Luc Picard's Dreams. This time he's playing a new character, Alto Inigo Soon, the son of Data's creator, Dr. Noonien Soon. Noonien never mentioned having a biological son instead of priding himself on his android child, Data. But Data wasn't an only child. He had an identical brother, older brother, Lore. And Lore has been con- uh, conspicuously absent from the series' focus on Data's family and legacy. Could he be hiding in plain sight in the guise of Alton Sung? That's a good question. I didn't even think about that when I watched that episode. So I did see that episode. Um, I don't know. I think, do you think maybe, do you think maybe uh, Lore transferred his consciousness into a new body? A one that looks uh, human? Because uh, one of the main characters is an android who looks human. They And they find... They find her home world where it's all like all the androids there all look like they're made with the same the same technology as is data. That was that. No, I have seen this episode. I I did see that episode. So hopefully that's is that the finale. I thought there'd be more to it than that. All right. Um. And I think, yeah, in that episode, they were, they were talking. The the androids were talking about like um, getting in contact with a uh, a uh, an older an older race of of synthetics. And I'm I was when I was watching that episode, I was thinking, God, I wonder if that's the Borg. Are we going to see more of the Borg, actual Borg, not the uh, the. Uh, the ones who've been freed and uh, 
the ones that, uh, if you haven't seen the episode. Spoiler alert. I've already been talking about it, so at this point you're like, damn it, Todd. Um, Todd, don't be an asshole. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the Borg the Borg cube, the, the artifact, as they call it in the show, the Borg cube that crashed on this planet in that episode. All those Borgs were flushed out into space when when Seven of Nine took over as the new queen of the of that cube. And uh, but it, she she came in to save uh, Picard and his new crew, and in, in the process they got they got um, attacked by these giant like space orchids, and were made to crash on the planet. So the the Borg cube has crashed on this planet. The ship that Picard and his crew were on crashed. Yeah. If you haven't watched the show, um, everything about, I I don't know. I, I've 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 heard like people saying that they. I heard I've seen I shouldn't say I've heard, I've seen people online complaining about the show. It's too dark. I was like, I, that's exactly why I like it. I love how dark it is. I love how cynical Picard is. And I think that's the reason why uh, Sir Patrick Stewart decided to do it. He didn't want to just do the same thing he did 30 years ago. <laughs> and you see a lot of people from Next Generation in, in Foyer. Well, not, not a lot, but you, you see a handful of people from the original series. Not the original, but, you know... Damn it. You see people from Next Gen and Voyager. Let's put it that way. I've already mentioned Seven of Nine, so you know that's who they talk who they see. And but the and like I mentioned in the article, they see Data in Dreams. Brent Spiner played Data again. A uh, a much older looking data. <laughs> um and we also get to see uh Troy and, and, and Riker and their daughter. It's, it's a, it's a very cool show. Um, it's well worth, it's worth subscribing to CBS All Access to see it. Let's put it that way. Plus CBS All Access has so many other things on there. So why not? All right. Let's see here. And, and, and let me go ahead and read more of this article here. Um. Yeah, and I already mentioned this, but I'm going to see what it, tell you what it says here. He later comes upon a colony of Freedborg led by Hugh, another person I didn't mention earlier, but he was part of the Next Gen series. He took control of the colony and used the the emotion chip to manipulate Data. The Enterprise crew eventually freed Data from Lore's control. Uh, Data. Then deactivated Lore and took the emotion ship for himself. But what happened to Lore after that? It is said that he was disassembled, but that never happened to whatever happened to his part his parts. Earlier in Star Trek Picard, we saw that Data and Lore's prototype brother before had been disassembled and, and studied in an attempt to resurrect Data through the memories he had downloaded to the inferior android prior to sacrificing himself to save Picard in Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, 
the attempt failed before it wasn't advanced enough to handle most of what data had uh, tried to download into him. He remains shelved in a drawer in uh, nearly in the nearly defunct artificial intelligence department of the Daystrom Institute. Ah, sorry. I need to stop bumping against the microphone. That'd be great. <laughs> That's what I get for trying to look at my watch. Okay. If before it was sent to the Daystrom Institute, it's safe to assume that Laura would have been sent to the same place. Is it safe to assume? Yeah. Dr. Bruce Maddox was eager to disassemble and study data in the next generation episode, The Measure of a Man. Having been denied that opportunity, one would imagine he'd be eager to get his hands on lore instead. Having lore to study uh, may explain how he is able to make a sudden progress he's made in... uh, replicating and improving Sung's work. So that's what happened on the show. Maddox uh, created new androids using Sung's work and technologies and whatnot. That's why we get, that's where we get the, God, and I'm drawing a blank on her character name right now, but the, like the main character um, and her sister, the twins, the twin died in like the sec- first or second episode, but they spend the rest of the series tracking down this other this other twin and and helping her stay safe because the the Romulans are are trying to kill her. And um, yeah, all right. So we got a couple more stories here to go over. Let me turn the game up a little bit. There we go. I know that way I don't have to bump into the mic all the time. I can turn the gain up a little bit so I can sit back a little bit. Got no other noise happening right now, so that's fine. All right, cool. All right. So, uh, this is this story is from bleedingcool.com. Hopefully, um, as it's loading here, we don't get a, a ton of ads like I've had in the past. Not too keen on this site because of that. There's so many advertisements. It's 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 overwhelming how many ads are on this website. And 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 as I say that every time I think that I've added ads to my podcast, it's like I'm I'm really hoping that you guys aren't annoyed by the the ads that are on the web on the podcast. But you know, see here close ads so i can actually read the article god seriously there's like there's like six advertisements that are like filling up the screen here all right so the the story is uh disney plus in april onward more clone wars national treasure and more disney plus is adding some great content throughout april as for us all to enjoy while we're social distancing. The big news, of course, is Onward will hit the streaming service April 3rd, only four weeks after being in theaters. The final season of Star Wars The Clone Wars continues. Tons of new 
and awesome uh, nature shows. Be our chef chugs along and fan favorite national treasure finally makes its appearance. I don't know. I, I That's good to hear because I love both national treasure movies. And I, I don't know um, if people don't like it um, or do like it or I know personally I love it. I love those movies. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Nicolas Cage because his acting is a bit robotic, I guess. That's what I've heard anyway. I don't agree. I I like him. I like him as Benjamin Gates. I like his character in the in the movie. I want to see a third one. Actually, I would like to see more than just the two, even a third one. But I would like to see more than that. I would. It would be amazing if they turned that into a TV series. Of course, they would have to find someone else to play Benjamin Gates, which would probably be difficult for me to watch at first. But as long as it's done well, I can get over it. Um, and, and I think that's that. That may have been my issue with more than anything else with Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the fact that it was a different set of actors playing the same parts. And I think that's why. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's why DC doesn't want to have more than one. Batman um, on on like simultaneously because we we have two flashes but you can explain that away by the multiverse but then again if you think about it you can also do that with Batman and Superman which they have done with Superman but they have yet to do that with Batman although we did see an, uh, a, a alternate universe Bruce Wayne in the last uh, crossover in the in the uh, on the Arrowverse, but we never saw Batman, and you know, I think the last time we saw a live action Batman that wasn't in the movies was in uh, Titans, and that wasn't a, that didn't he didn't have a speaking role he was just it was a fight and that was it. But let's see what's on the list of shows coming shows and movies coming to Disney Plus in April. On April first, we're gonna have Doctor Doolittle. I'm assuming that's the the new no, that's not the new one. That's probably the original. It doesn't say. It just says Doctor Doolittle. So that could be that could be like the original one from like the '60s. I think it was. It could also be the Eddie Murphy one though. Um, April third, we're gonna have Onward. Awesome, that's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I recommend checking it out. I'd even go saying if you like if you like Pixar movies in general. Buy it. Buy the movie. I mean, yes, it's a great, great movie. I recommend it. Um, then, then uh, let's see here. Life Goes On the Edge, a new episode. Dolphin Reef, new episode. Uh, Diving with Dolphins, new episode. Clone Wars, new episode. Uh, Disney's Fairytale Weddings, new episode finale. Shop Class, new episode. Disney Family Sundays, new episode. Uh, One Day at Disney, new episode. Be Our Chef, new episode. A Tale of Two Critters. I don't know what that is, but that could be interesting, whatever it is. Uh, In a Nutshell, Don's Fountain of Youth is listed twice. I think that's probably a mistake on their part. Donald's... Dog Laundry, Double Dribble, 
dragging around. Dragon as in like, rawr, dragon. Not dragging. <laughs> but it says dragon as in the animal, the fictional animal, around. Elmer Elephant, Fish Hooks, Season 1, Episode 3. Um, How to Play Football. Lambert the Sheepish Lion, On Ice, Out of Scale, Penguins, Pluto's Party, Sea Scouts, Sunny with a Chance, Season 1, Episode 3, The Boy Who Talked to Badgers, The New Neighbor, The New Neighbor, um, The Small One, The Straight Story, all right, that's all on April 3rd. Wow, a lot of stuff at the beginning of the month. Then on April 10th, we have a celebration of music from Coco Premiere, the Coco Premiere. And then a new episode of The Clone Wars, a new episode of Shop Class, a new episode of Disney Family Sundays, a new episode of One Day at Disney, a new episode of... Well, basically a new episode of all the shows. Let's put it that way. Um, Life Below Zero, season 14. Four, really? I don't... Oh, that must be a Nat Geo show. All right. Paradise Island, season one. Uh, Playtime with Puppy Dog Pals, season one. <clears throat> Running Wild with Bear Gorillas. Season 5, Touch Treasure, Hidden Secrets, Season 1. All right. April 12th, we're going to have Season 3 of PJ Masks. April 17th, we're going to have new episodes of all the shows previously mentioned. And then we're going to have Brain Games, Season 8. Let's Stick Together, Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Nutty Tales, Season 1 and 2, Pluto's Purchase, and The Incredible Dr. Paul, which I think is a Nat Geo show. On April 19th, we're going to have Just Roll With It, Season 1. April 20th, Secrets of the Zoo, Tampa, Season 1. April 22nd, Furry Files, and Jane Goodall, The Hope. April 23rd, Disney's Rapunzel's Tangled Adventures, Season 3. April 24th, America's Funniest Home Videos, Seasons 12 through 19 and 23. And then we have Man in Space, Mars and Beyond, The Olympic Elk, new episodes of The Clone Wars, Disney Family Sundays, One Day at Disney, and Be Our Chef. And on April 30th, National Treasure. I think that's the end of that. And like I said, I, I actually own the National Treasure movie, so if I wanted to watch it today, I could. I don't have to wait, but um, if you don't want to 
buy it, but you still want to see it. I think one of them is on Netflix. Um, I don't remember which one, though. Either one of them are good. I actually, I think of the two, my favorite is the second one. Um, I You know, it's, I'm surprised that they didn't turn any of that into video games. If they did, I never heard about it. All right, the last story I have here is I'm waiting for it to load. This is on Kotaku. Sony pulls popular Mario creation from from dreams after Nintendo complaint. What? One of the most popular downloaded Mario character models on the PS4 game, Dreams, has been removed after Sony received complaints from Nintendo. Dreams. I don't know that game. I don't know if I've ever played it. It says here, as reported by Eurogamer, Dreams creator by the name of... Uh, Pysioff Craft, who made the popular Mario model, recently tweeted the news that Sony had pulled their Mario from the game. When fans asked why, he complained that in an email they received from Sony, it mentioned that Nintendo had claimed a copyright strike on the model. Oh. Oh, the... Okay. The creator's name is Peace of Craft. Okay. It's it's Did you really Oh god. All right. I'm sort of trying to figure out how to how to pronounce that because it's all in it's all together, no spaces in between. But that 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 person's Twitter is peace underscore of underscore craft. <laughs> Why couldn't they just put it that way? Stupid. All right, whatever. Moving on. Not stressing over something stupid and trivial like that. Um. So it sounds like it was a like an independent like model made for a PS4 game that was made available for download to the game as a DLC says here okay almost since the moment dreams was available to the public, people have been creating games, models, and music based on non-Sony IP. The first time I booted up Dreams back in the early access, it was already filled with Mario, Sonic, and Doom levels for a while. It seems that these creations were merely mostly safe. This is no, This no longer seems to be the case. Piece of Craft can now no longer edit or change their Mario model as it has been flagged for 
uh, containing copyrighted material. And now moving forward, other creators or players won't be able to find it and download it for their own levels or games. Well, you know, that makes sense. Why, if you're not Nintendo, why are you trying to put Nintendo characters on a different platform? It's going to get flagged for copyright. Come on, people. Jesus. All right. Are you really surprised? Oh, man. You know, that just, that, that, it boggles the mind when people do things like that. It just, it, it really does. All right. Let's see. One last thing here, I guess. Let's go ahead and um, let's open, see if there's anything to talk about on Facebook. Because I have been recording for the past hour. There may have been something posted in that time. Let's take a peek. Nope, doesn't appear to be anything super exciting. It's all memes. Meme. Me, 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 me. All right. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and um, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. If you want a shout out on the podcast, you can leave a voicemail or text me at 206-504-3190. You can also hit me up on social media at 206geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 